Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we dream of beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are starting a full month of Shakespearean episodes with A Midsummer Night's Dream, one of the most famous and widely produced and adapted plays in Shakespeare's uh, canon, catalog, whatever the word is. And uh, starting with a beer. I'm going to start with this one. This is called Days, because that's how I felt reading this. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Also, some of the characters later on are in quite a daze of sorts. But it's called Days. It is an IPA by Treehouse. And it is, uh, if you ever had a chance to go there, they have a much more famous beer called Haze. This is the single IPA version of that. 6.9%. And it's really quite lovely, actually. Very nice IPA. I don't know if it's worth driving three hours and waiting online for it, but it's quite good. So Men's Summer Night's Dream is a comedy by Shakespeare. And I, mean, I don't think we need to give into much... I mean, you've, you've heard of the guy, you know, like, he's kind of famous. His works are divided into three categories, and we're this month, we're kind of doing a smattering of history. I don't think we're doing any histories, are we? We're not I doing, like, not. fucking Henry VIII Part Two or some bullshit. It's not Henry VIII. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Oh, I, Henry I don't wanna... the 15th. Definitely not that either. Oh, Henry. <laughs> That's what Definitely the lady said. <laughs> it's Henry V. That's one of them. What, yeah. Does he do, what other Henrys does he do? I don't fucking you know. I don't Fourth. I don't give a Richard the Third. Fucking shit. He does a King John. Julius Henry. Caesar, which I think we're gonna do. Oh, that's true. That's a that's a that's one. Is that a history? Not a tragedy. There's also a Henry the Sixth. All right, we got close to eight. <laughs> <laughs> Several other numbers. <laughs> oh, suck my dick. There's a Henry the Eighth that might be a lost play. <laughs> You got lucky on that one. Suck that, <laughs> you unnoble kinsman. Okay, so <laughs> this is from, I guess, I don't really don't know much about his chronology, but it's from the like mid-1590s, 95, yeah, 96. Like so that's pretty early. I guess, I don't know when his, his first play is like 1590. Is, um, so it's earlier in his career. He really churned him out. Well, he, he, he wrote, what, like 40 Allegedly. plays? Allegedly. Well, yeah, of course. Mm. If... Shakespeare was really one person. Let's just be real. The Illuminati turned him out. and uh, <laughs> they, were, they were involved in a lot more boring stuff back in the day. Well, the most exciting thing they could do was tame a shrew. So it was not really, <laughs> you know, there's no PlayStation yet. Well, they were doing much about nothing. Nate, you need to stop this <laughs> or it will go on as long as you like it. <laughs> okay. So Midsummer Night's Dream. All's well that ends well. Okay. <laughs> Is a it's a comedy. It is really just like silly, but the plot is actually really complicated. You can tell it's a Shakespeare play when you try and read the synopsis, and I do recommend you do that. You try and read the synopsis first, but the synopsis itself is really confusing, and it's really hard to understand even what's going on in two three paragraph form. Yeah, it's five acts and four storylines, so they're all five acts. But okay, so the first. There's like in Midsummer, there's like several different groups of characters. First is Theseus and Hippolyta. They don't matter. They're barely in it at all. They're just sort of like the frame story of the whole thing. So, okay, this is supposed to, this takes place in Athens, except not really. It, nobody cares. It doesn't have to take, in, take place in Athens at all. And when it's staged, it just takes place wherever. And no one cares that it's actually Athens or not. Um, but anyway, Theseus and Hippolyta, which are characters from Greek myths. They are, are they? getting married. 
I think so. Theseus? Wait, which I name? don't remember. And Hippolyta is like the Amazon queen. Well, Theseus oh, yeah. is like the in the Minotaur. I know that story. I don't know oh, either. I, I figured it was like a common Greek name. It's not Stavros. It's the guys. It's, like it's like these are like these are like real mythical people. There, there's definitely some like overlap with Greek Greek myths okay. and Midsummer. There are definitely some ways it they rela- it relates at least. So anyway, so they kind of that doesn't matter. So the Theseus and Hippolyta, they are like about to get married, but in four days, and people are there. A lots of other people are there just because they're famous Greek people who are going to get married anyway. Uh, and then the second set of characters, which are really confusing to tell apart, are called the lovers, and they are Hermia, Helena, Demetrius, and Lysander. And at first, it starts out, and I'm probably going to get this wrong. And like, man, I thought I knew Midsummer already <laughs> from high school, and man, I still had a really difficult time keeping keeping track of these. Hermia and Lysander love each other and want to get married, but Hermia's father, you know, because she's rich and stuff like that, wants her to marry Demetrius instead and tells her, well, you got to marry Demetrius or you can go kill yourself or become a nun. One of those two things. And you have to, you have four days to decide. Meanwhile, Helena loves Demetrius. So you've got this situation where each one can't be together with the other one and blah, blah, blah. Then that gets very confusing in the middle. This is only how it starts. Then there's that group of characters. And then there's the uh, Oberon, Titania, and Puck, who are Oberon, Titania, are like the fairy king and queen, who, and a bunch of little fairies around too. It's a very homophobic play. (laughs) (laughs) Oberon and Titania are not getting along because of an Indian boy. You see, I still don't really understand this. The changeling that... Titania won't give to Oberon, won't give him back or give him away or whatever. And so he decides because they're they're you know they have magic. So they he tells his like friend slash servant thing called Puck to basically cast a spell on her, and that that's a whole thing that happens. And then the the last group of new characters are called the Mechanicals, and they are a bunch of random townspeople, country bumpkins that are going to put on a play for the wedding of Theseus and Hippolyta, which is supposedly only in four days. And they are the only person you really need to know from that is Bottom. That's his name. Anyway, there is a reason why he's called Bottom, but we're more like he's called that just for the joke that comes in later. That's it. That's just happens to be why he's called that. But I'm after describing all that, I feel like I need a beer. So I'm going to have one like 47 characters. This is my only good beer of the night. (laughs) Okay. So this is by other half. This is double mm, fruit dream. It is a Berliner Berliner vice style ale with raspberry and blackberry and then conditioned with more raspberry and blackberry. And it is very nice. Would you say it's very nice? Please don't. Don't encourage us. <laughs> you heard before we hit record the puns we were making. <laughs> it's definitely good. <laughs> Quite it's ex- good. <laughs> it's extremely nice. <laughs> Berliner Weiss. And unlike other fruits, it's not the pits. <laughs> no? <laughs> so the, the, the fucking dumb play douchebags, they're hoping to put on this performance and somehow they'll be like financially rewarded for it. Later on, it gets revealed. 
Like, but like for the first half, of a, you put on a play for the king and queen. That's that's good stuff. It's a big deal. Lord knows why you've made they it. were even offered this opportunity. It's the king and queen. So there are multiple different plots. So all of these different sort of groups sort of appear together, and there are multiple different plot lines that all are happening kind of at the same time. So first, the uh, lovers, meaning, well, Hermia and Helena, they're like, oh, you bitch, blah, 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 <laughs> but in verse. Actually, I have to say the, 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 the lines in this are more like everyone except the mechanicals, they speak in verse, and a lot of it is in like actually rhyming couplets. I wondered why they didn't speak in it. Is it because they're just dumb? Oh, because they're poor people. Oh, okay. They're not rich, educated people. They're poor, you know, regular. I figured it was something like that, but I thought maybe it was something cleverer. No, that's it. They're just not, you know, aristocrats. Hmm. Hermia, Helena, Demetrius, and Lysander, they're all, like, fighting and arguing and chasing each other, and they're out, they chase each other out into the woods. Meanwhile, out in the woods, Oberon wants to get back at Titania or at least play a joke, play a trick on her. So gets Puck to use this sort of like love potion juice that he can put on Titania's eyelids when she's asleep or like cast a spell and going to put her to sleep, but then puts the stuff on her eyelids and the, whatever the very first thing is that she sees when she wakes up, she will immediately fall in love with. It's kind of like, the MacGuffin of Midsummer Night's Dream. You just have to accept it. That's just the way it goes. Well, you know, they um, do magic, so why not? And there are, you know, fairy queens and stuff like that, too. And then, meanwhile, Oberon overhears Helena and Lysander, or Demetrius and Hermia, whatever. And it's some, he, the lovers, he overhears them and says, oh, you know, that one who's in love with that one, why don't you go put them to sleep and use the love potion on one of them or the other? This is the part that I really had trouble keeping track of. And even though I thought I knew it, I really needed to like draw out diagrams just to keep <laughs> track of like who was after who and then when it changed. Mm. He hears Helena complaining that Demetrius doesn't love her. Oh, uh, that... See, this is hard. Yeah. He hears Helena complain that Demetrius doesn't love her. So he tells Puck, go find the Athenian dude and put the love potion on his eyes. And he's like, yeah, let's sort that shit out because we're fairies and we don't... We just like to fuck with people. And so it comes to my beer, actually. Uh, all these people are running around the forest trying to find each other. But they keep just going to sleep in the woods, just on the ground. But I bet they wish they had an ergonomic park bench instead. (laughs) This is Ergonomic Park Bench from McKellar NYC. And it is a... The former McKellar NYC. Yeah, the former now. This is a New England style IPA. When was that made? It's not on the bottom? I can't see. Recently, because it's quite cold. Uh... (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a hazy IPA. Let's drink it and see what happens. McKellar NYC, the first brewery we've been to that is now closed. We were only there once, so... Got that trunk eyes bump. That's what happened to you guys. This is it's pretty good. I like this. Quite good, actually. I mean, it, it doesn't stand apart from other hazy IPAs, but nothing wrong with that, because uh, I don't remember all the other ones either. But you know, it's got like a vaguely melony flavor. And, yeah, I'd fuck with this. How strong is this? 6%. 
barely, barely, it's basically water. So he sees all the people sleeping on the ground rather than park benches. And he puts the magic love potion on the wrong guy's eyes because he comes across Lysander and he says, this must be the guy. What's the chance that there's two people out here in the woods? So he puts the thing on Lysander's eyes. And then when he wakes up, he sees Helena. And then, of course, because of this, now Hermia loves Lysander. Lysander loves Helena. Helena loves Demetrius. Demetrius loves Hermia. So instead of like a weird triangle with an extra edge, it's kind of like a, like a human centipede of love interests, just one going into the other. There's like, less shit eating. Well, we don't know. They're Greek. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, hilarity ensues because Hermia is very confused. And also, Helena thinks everyone's just shitting on her and just making fun of her for being tall or something. And then it switches to other people. And so the, the mechanicals decide to, had decided that they were going to go out and rehearse in the woods, in the forest, so that no one sees them, so that no one sees it ahead of time. They're trying to keep it secret or trying to keep their rehearsals secret. So they're out in the forest, and this is where Puck decides, like, ah, I know what to do. So she, like, scares everybody away and then turns bottom, gives a, a, a castles bone him, turns him into a donkey, or at least gives him a donkey's head, and then lays him down next to Titania, and then Titania wakes up and is immediately in, in love with Bottom, who has the head of a donkey. So here's the joke. His, the character's name is Bottom. What's another word for Bottom? Toshi. <laughs> it's ass. <laughs> and he has the head of a donkey. What is another word for a donkey? Bomb. It's an ass. <laughs> is it bottom? So that's literally the sort Tiny? of like pun that Shakespeare wrote into this as just like a joke. I feel like he started with that and he worked outwards. Like, would us <laughs> not think it funny? Should a lady like a bottom and call it ass? Like, Bill, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, we're just we're just trying to get drunk. It's like I hath nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part when you're reading this in school. I actually never read this one in school, but I imagine your lame-ass fucking teacher be like, isn't that funny? And then the kids are like, huh? You got to say it again slower? And then when you get through it, the teacher's like, see? Because it's a butt. And then the kids are like, nah, no, it's not really. Yeah, my teacher at the time told us, I still remember this line because of that thing at the end when they're putting on the play. When he says, my cherry lips have often kissed thy stones when they're talking to the wall about the stones, like, oh, they're kissing through the wall and the stones at the time, is, uh, he means kissing your balls, kissing you on the balls. And everyone's like, that's weird. Shakespeare was a fucking weirdo. Is that what that's about? <laughs> if Shakespeare existed, but, you know, you know whoever story. he purported to be was a weirdo. Nate learns all his literature stuff from InfoWars, so <laughs> I'm going to trust it because it's got info in the name. And wars are serious, so all that info has to be really serious. <laughs> Who would yeah. lie about it? Those frogs, frogs aren't turning gay. themselves gay. <laughs> and maybe some frogs are curious, but that's different. <laughs> it's just a phase. Like being just a, tadpole. a tadpole. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then um, Puck is like, oh, that's, that's not good. What a funny so, joke. No, no, Oberon is like, this is hilarious. <laughs> 
This is like, I showed her. <laughs> this is his wife, mind you. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, got some control issues. Indeed, yes. And then... Eventually, Puck sees... I forget which one he sees, and he's like, oh, shit. That's not how this was supposed to work. And he's, With the lovers, yeah. He sees it's like, like oh, with the, with the I wrong, the wrong I, I, I made the thing with the wrong one, and Oberon is like, well, go fucking fix it, you idiot. And so Puck goes off to do that. And meanwhile, he just lets Titania be in love with the ass for, you know, as long as possible. Go all through that phase, you know. <laughs> Some guys are tit- into tits, you know. He's, he's an ass man. That's fine. That's surprising for Titania. <laughs> Titania. Titanal. <laughs> <laughs> and so Puck goes and, like, Changes who's interested interested in who with the with the lovers again, and then eventually they're just out in the forest arguing. Oh no! So and then finally Puck, you know, or or Puck or Oberon undoes the spell and says, "See, Titania, look what you've done. Um, look look what's happened." And she's like, "Oh, oh my! That was that was weird. Was that a dream?" And meanwhile, they turn bottom back into like a regular person, and he's like, whoa, that was weird. Was that a dream? And then there's a whole speech about that. I have a dumb beer for this. Oh, God. That was a gusher. When people are dreaming, you often don't want to wake them up. So if you were to talk around them, you might whisper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And this is from Treehouse, and there are a lot of trees in the forest. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, this is Whisper from Treehouse Brewing. It is a German-style Marzen beer, which is kind of the same thing as an Oktoberfest, and it is 5.3% alcohol. Yep, that's what that tastes like. Those are not fun. It's like malty but light. Tastes like beer. It, it's, it's a little more body and sweetness to it than, than like Budweiser for sure, but if you're used to like giant stouts and IPAs, this is just kind of like, ah, oh, what's that about? It's fine. I appreciate, um, you know, on the one hand, I understand how breweries make the things that sell and double IPAs sell, barrel-aged pastry stouts sell, Marzen-style German lagers, not so much. So you kind of wonder, like, well, should they make more of those but possibly lose money and go out of business? Or should they just only make the shit that sells and then just only make two types of beer? You know, it's kind of a... Maybe they make those for the people who uh, think beer should only taste like four things. Germans. But they it mostly And shit. people on the internet. What? The gatekeepers? Yes. So yeah, this beer's fine. I just wanted to get, get it out of the fridge, and, uh, and I did that. Mission accomplished. Unlike what Puck was doing the whole time. Mission not accomplished, really. Well, we also have another mission that we should accomplish right now. Head on, we have a Patreon. I don't know if you've heard about this. We mention it every so often. If you uh, feel like... You're in love with the bottom, and you want to get rid of some of your money. You could head over to Drunk Guys. Well, fuck, what is it? Patreon.com/slash Drunk Guys Book Club, and you could support the podcast there by giving us some of your money. And what do you get in return for that? Oh, just awesome shit like early access to our episodes, exclusive content, getting to vote in our monthly book poll, shoutouts, and we'll even send you some physical, real life stuff. So head on over there if you feel like you would like to. Step up your support of the podcast to a financially probably responsible level. So if you haven't reached the bottom of your bank account, 
if your wallet is so heavy, you have a you get a hermia lifting it up. You might want to give some of the money to us because we're starveling. Moving Oberon with the plot. <laughs> so speaking of patrons, rich people, because of plot reasons, Theseus and Apollo show up again. Like, hey, what's up, people? Let's bring this thing to a close. They're out hunting and they discover the lovers who are like asleep in the woods. And they're like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And so they they wake them up and they're like, hey, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, that was a little repetitive. Um, and, and then they're like, well, okay, you guys seem to all get along now. We'll just tell Hermia's dad to shut the fuck up and just, just get over it. <laughs> Okay, let's just have this wedding now. So then they have the wedding, and at the wedding they perform the the mechanicals perform their play, which is a sort of Greek mythy type thing called Pyramus and Thisbe. But part of the joke is also that Bottom, who wants to be, he wants to play every part. He wants to be the star of the show and play every part, Uh, and so really just makes a ham of himself. And it's so stupid that even though the play is supposed to be like a tragedy, like Romeo and Juliet, where the lovers kill themselves because they can't be together, everybody just laughs the whole time. It's like an episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. It is a little bit. And he goes on and on and on. And then, uh, then it's over. Well, earlier in the play, he was like, I want to do both parts. And they were like, no, dude, that's not cool. And then... Like you should play the it's like you should play the lion and you just have to roar a lot. Yeah. Then they convince him like, oh, you shouldn't be the lion though because you'll roar and then you'll scare all the noble women and they'll all be executed. And he's like, oh yeah, shit, you're right. I'll stick to something else. That's how good I am. And they all decide, you know, oh well, we have a moon, but we need someone to be the moon to show it. And it's like, oh, we need a wall. But we need someone to play the wall because otherwise people won't get it. So. At the beginning of the play, they have to announce, like, I am the wall or I am the moon because they're all idiots. Was that a thing, though, in Shakespeare's time? Like, I'm, I can't remember now from high school when we were talking about, like, if actually people pretend to be walls. I doubt it. I think this is, I think, the play within the play, which is, though, this is in Hamlet. It's uh, it's a nice dream. I think this is meant to be a parody of plays at the time and so oh we don't have any money for sets so okay you'll just have to stand there and act like a wall that makes more sense i think it's just supposed to be a joke yeah because they call the play the most lamentable comedy and most cruel death of pyramus and thisbe so full of despair and mirth like well it can't be both let's watch (laughs) it because they give them the option like okay it's your wedding what do you want to see you want to see this thing which is then they're like no i don't want to see that or this other stupid thing like no like well, we have this play, and it's it's this. And the, they're like, let's see the play. And the guy giving the options is like, please don't choose the play. It's it's really bad, and everyone in it is an idiot. It's like, I think we need to see this play. Like, I really don't want you to see this play. Like, I think we got her now. And it is every bit as terrible as they make it out to be. And it, it is actually quite funny. Though, I admit, it's only because I saw the movie from the 90s that I remember. I remember this scene, like, vividly. I don't even remember this movie. I've never Kevin saw Klein it. as Bottom. I mean, I know who Kevin Klein is, but I don't know. I guess I've never seen it. It's the only version I've ever seen, but it was pretty well done. And this this whole scene was it was actually very very funny. So I remember this part better than most of it. But it also helps to have seen it 
act it out and to have it in your head, especially for like the lovers, where you're like, who the fuck is who? And you're like, help to like put a face to each name so you can kind of keep track of everybody. It helps. Well, one thing Nate has said many times in our conversations, in our snooty, let's talk about book conversations we have. And he's like, you should just watch, don't don't read Shakespeare. You should just watch it because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Or more like read the plot first or see the movie first and then read it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because there's interesting lyrics and stuff like that. You know, well, it is lyrical, but interesting words, I should say, or, or whatever. They're like, oh, that's a fun, cute line, and that's punny and whatever. But if you're just trying to understand the plot, like you, you sacrifice something. You like either forget all of the fucking cool language shit that's going on to try to just understand what's happening, or you only focus on the cool language shit and you have no idea what was going on, which is what I ended up doing when I skimmed through it because yeah. I've never read this before. I thought this one, because... W- we're putting this out first, but we record these in whatever order we damn well please because we can do whatever we want. It's America. Yeah, we're America. And uh, we're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that, both the, things can be true. <laughs> like, Julius Caesar was practically unfollowable at times. Like, I just didn't know what was going on. This one, I just read it, and it helps having seen the movie, certainly. But even if I hadn't, I could at least follow what was going on. It wasn't, it wasn't ever, like, not clear what someone was doing or who who they were talking to. It was just, it was way easier for me to keep track of the story and the plot. Even though there are a million characters, each scene is quite short and they're only ever in groups with each other. There's not a lot of moving around. It all takes place in the same, basically one location for most of it. And it just kind of bounces around between these different groups, but you're never really lost as I was in Caesar, which was just like, Honestly, I got to read this on Sparknotes afterwards. This one, I didn't have to. Maybe because I saw the movie. That might be part of it. But I think also like fucking uh, Julius Caesar had like these long scenes that were like contemplations on duty and shit like that. And like, what is the right actions of a man in power? Is that the adult version of everybody poops? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> duty. You. Contemplations on duty. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like by Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, because it sounds like a <laughs> Roman author. <laughs> Cocksucker. Uh, <laughs> so it's when it's explained, I'm like, all right, now I kind of get this. I want to go back and read it a second time, and then maybe I'll understand what the fuck is going on. And it's short, so you can read it. It took me, like, I spent probably an hour and a half short. speed reading it. If I had taken my time and read it in like two and a half hours, I would probably have gotten a hell of a lot more out of it. Well, you figure it's a play. It takes about the time to read as you would if you were like watching it because it's meant to be that way. It's probably faster. It's faster to read than, yeah. to write, than to watch I mean, it. It's, you take it slow if you don't know what's going on. You're like, wait, what the fuck happened? But it's not like a book where you have to like read all the inner thoughts and you know background information. It's just whatever they're saying. So it makes it, it, makes it quicker to read, certainly. I remember thinking in high school, having to read some of these, that, oh, these Shakespeare plays are so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> it felt like that at And this time, was yeah. like, I read the whole thing in probably less than two hours. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> Is this an abridged version? I, I, I think I was actually literally reading from the same complete works of Shakespeare that I was for the last one. But I don't know. The last one, meaning the one we have did last week in the future. Many years ago, into the future. 
Yeah. So maybe it was, but actually I don't think so. I think part of it is that when you're 15 or 13 or whatever and you're reading this, you don't know any of the fucking words. Yeah. yeah. And you're just trying to understand the plot. And the language is so imposing and so difficult to, to get around that, that the plot, it, you, to understand anything, it takes forever to and read And you've heard, oh, Shakespeare is so amazing. Oh, Shakespeare is so difficult. Uh, it's almost built up to be even more difficult than it is. But if you, as reading it now, as men in our 30s, you know, we, we don't read, I'm sure, clearly we don't read Shakespeare as well as an expert does, but we could fucking understand the words and we could see like, oh, I see what he's doing here, at least, you know, most of the time. This is a cute pun or turn of phrase here or whatever. And you could keep that in your mind and still follow the plot. Whereas if you're a just mediocre reader like I was in middle school and high school, you cannot, I, I could not keep all that shit in my head. Like, oh, this character, these are what the characters are doing. The, you, there's a lot to juggle reading something like this. There's the like the mo- the main thing anybody reads a fucking book for is the plot. It's complicated in this fucking thing. Some other Shakespeare plays are a lot more direct, but finding following the plot is difficult enough. Then dealing with the fact that it's written as a play and not written as a story or a novel that's kind of difficult for kids. You know, high school students I'm talking about here. Then the language is just ridiculous because they're like, well, it's technically modern English, but it's fucking not, and it's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's the modern English language, like it's not Middle English anymore. But no one talks like this, and he uses words in wildly different ways than we're used to. I don't think people even talk like that back then. I, I don't know enough about. I, I I'm sure they didn't. I, mo- I'm sure most people were not smart enough to speak in rhyming couplets <laughs> in iambic pentameter <laughs> when they, you know, are just. Trying to get a beer at a tavern. <laughs> Just not stepping the horse shit in the middle of the street. Or human shit. Yeah. There's a joke. I f- forget who it's from. Might be Eddie Izzard. But, you know, if, if if Shakespeare was alive today, what would he ask? And there's like, he would ask, do you still shit in buckets? <laughs> 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 That's what he would want to know. That's a very important question. Just when you have to wear so many layers. <laughs> That's pretty good. But yeah, no, this is uh, obviously people spoke in much more in in different English and not in rhyming couplets or iambic pentameter. So that does make it extra complicated. Yeah. So so all I'm trying to say is like, well, I guess the theme for the month. Why the fuck do we make 15-year-olds read a whole bunch of Shakespeare? It's so we can tell their parents that they're reading Shakespeare. It's like, wow, that's good. Because it's all a con... That everyone's just decided, like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I, I have a feeling it's all, it's at least in part, a holdover from the sort of, like, classic British education mm. that was, that where, where, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, that's, this is practically all they learned in school. This type of, like, literature education was very important, and it's, I mean, by British education, I mean, like, at Eton and at, you know, at Cambridge, this is what high school students really learned. And there was a degree to which, like, if you were educated, I mean, I'm really talking about, like, the late 1800s and first half of the 1900s. If you were educated, you would have known all of these Shakespeare plays because you would have learned this. And it just sort of, like, it's the tradition. It's the canon. And so 
even in the 21st century, they're having kids read probably a lot of this, although maybe it's not as much anymore. I think this, these days, you, I mean, Jim and I graduated high school 15 years ago now, Nate, uh, 37 years ago. <laughs> we had to read maybe two Shakespeare plays in high school, maybe three. What was the other one? Uh, I didn't read this. I know I read, I read Shakespeare, Macbeth. Uh, Caesar. Do we I read know Macbeth? I read Julius Caesar. I, I read Macbeth read. in senior year. I didn't read Macbeth. Did Part I? of it, like, our t- like, in our high school, the teachers were like, I want to teach these books this semester. And they'd be like, all right, cool. I think I did Hamlet. That was the other one. Like, some people did Hamlet. Some people did, like, yeah, I did Hamlet. Because those are interchangeable. I only remember I did Hamlet because I wrote in an essay something that I picked up in a a Roger Ebert review of one of the movies, the, the Kenneth Branagh movie, where it's like, ah, oh, he does this whole scene, the soliloquy, into a mirror. And I was like, okay, Roger Ebert. I put that in the essay, and my teacher was like, good observation. Like, thanks, Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't remember fucking anything else about Hamlet right now, but I remember that. Never read it. But it, my point is, like, we went to a pretty nerdy high school. You had to read a couple of plays. You know, it's diluted from, like, a century ago when Nate did it. That as he's just talked about in his his firsthand experience there, you had to read like probably twenty of them. I mean, like who the f- nobody fucking reads twenty. I think it was four. <laughs> <laughs> like, but nobody reads The Winter's Tale. You know, like there's that like we're like I don't even know that one. That's one of the that's that's the one that's the only thing I know about The Winter's Tale. I think it's the one. I could be mistaken. I could I could not even know this. I could be wrong. That has the line "exunt" followed by a bear in it. I think it's that play. <laughs> It's the only stage direction. That's like the only one, right? Like the, that's a yeah. famous, mm-hmm. famous thing. Exunt pursued by bear. Yeah, and I think it's from The Winter's Tale. That's a good name for a gay bar. Pursued by exunt pursued by. That's what it says above the entry, the exit <laughs> of the. Like it's closing time. Exunt. <laughs> I, I hope I'm right. Yeah, totally. Yes, exit pursued by a bear is a line in fucking The Winter's Tale. I'm ready, Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> for that dumb question. When they're doing outreach and they're looking for people to invite on the show, they're listening to this, they'll hear that and be like, he's the one. Well, I, well, and I did the Jeopardy audition years ago. But but he wasn't sure he had to look it up. So we'll give him 30 seconds to answer the question <laughs> instead. I would have rang in with it, cocksuckers. <laughs> it's worth a guess. <laughs> anyway, it probably was a bigger part of like your your well-rounded education to know a lot of Shakespeare in a, a couple generations ago. And now because, rightfully so, the canon has been expanded to include, you know, other people besides Shakespeare and Charles Dickens. You don't read as much in school. But there is so much fucking famous Shakespeare. It's like built in that I've, I, as a as a allegedly educated person, I feel dramatically shitty that I have not read more of it. Like, I'm not familiar with it, you know? Like, there's so many, like... Like, what about the scene in Richard III? And you're like, I don't even, who? I didn't even see the first two. <laughs> I can't start in the middle. Is that the one with Al Pacino? Yeah, right. Is that, is that one that, is that the Richard III, the new class? Like, what is, I don't even know that one. I mean, this, I'm kind of excited for this month because I've read like one and a half Shakespeare plays in my life. So to get to read more of them will be kind of good, you know, in terms of my snobbery. Though I think at the end of the month, we'll collectively probably decide. Just just go see it. I think we could decide that now. Yeah. Like, watch it. As Nate or said, watch it. it first. And then go look at the fucking paper. And you're like, oh, let me thumb through this. Now I know what they're talking about. I know the context. 
But to give it to kids and like, here, read this play. Can't go in dry. Terrible idea. I don't know. I, I This was confusing and weird. I'm going to try to give it another shot and like read through it again and see if I can understand what the fuck is going on or watch it. See the 90s movie with Kevin Klein. I'm sure hardcore people would say that's not a good version. But for regular people, it's great. And then, uh, and then just don't read it. <laughs> just yeah. watch it and then just stop. And yeah, transaction. plays were not meant to be read. It's just, it's dumb. We're, right, it's, it's, we, not it's weird. Like you, this. you would never do that with movies. I mean, I know no. they're not exactly a one-for-one thing. You know? Yeah, but you wouldn't you, do it with a play either. Like, plays are still a thing in several cities in the country. But people read plays all the time. Like, I've read many plays. Like, I, I've never, you know, like, oh, what's this David Mamet play? I'll go read American Buffalo and just see yeah. what that story was. But, but that's also because going to see the play is sometimes not a thing you can actually even do. True. If you could, like, watch Especially, it. Especially uh, when everything's closed. Yeah. But there aren't even like filmed versions of many plays or movie adaptations of many plays. Yeah, I just read a, a weird play like two days ago, and I know I'll never see a video of it. It was very strange, but it was good. But that's because that's the only way I'm going to read it or see it. For these, there are one fucking million versions of it. I'm pretty sure in the Guinness Book of World Records, it's like a stupid record, like most adapted author, and it's Shakespeare. Definitely. Oh, has to be. I'm sure by a, a wide margin. If only because he had a few hundred years of lead time. It's true, but he, he did write like close to 40 plays. I just want to correct earlier. I said that Henry VIII was a lost play. I was mistaken. It was just misplaced. <laughs> they found it <laughs> in the last 37 minutes. Uh, he wrote part of it. There's a Henry VIII, and clearly he wrote part of it, but not the whole thing. Well, he was a big guy. And it's the second, it's the penultimate thing he wrote. Before the the act, the two noble kinsmen, I did not know that was his last play. Nor I did I care. Never even heard of that. Uh, I only know the names of a lot of Shakespeare plays from when we play the game, like turn Shakespeare plays into porno titles, and we have like the two gentlemen in Veronica. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, a Midsummer yeah. Night's Cream. Ass, you like it. <laughs> <laughs> measure for measure, and then you put like an inches sign next to it. <laughs> All's well when your end smells. All's well and your end swell. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> the merry the merry milfs of Windsor. <laughs> we'll work on them all month. Oh hey. yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll keep a running list. Just kidding, we're gonna forget. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And again, we have that Patreon thing. If you feel like uh, supporting the podcast, please head on over there and you could be uh, just cooler than anyone you know, frankly. And you can also go to review us, but only if you want to give us a good review because bad reviews hurt my feelings. <laughs> we instantly fall in love with the best, the first good review we find. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.